Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. This is Jeremy Siegel, in this week for Dan Diamond, with more of Pulse Check's series on the coronavirus pandemic. Today, I'm in conversation with healthcare reporter Alice Miranda Olstein to talk about her reporting on the deployment of more than 40,000 National Guard members to help respond to the pandemic who are facing a hard stop on their deployments, just one day shy of when many of them become eligible for key federal benefits. The National Guard has really been a driving force in the pandemic response in almost every state. National Guard troops are hard at work around the U.S. helping to combat the spread of the coronavirus. He is activating the National Guard, the Texas National Guard. New York, California, and Washington. That's right. These men and women of the Maryland National Guard, they're your neighbors, they're your friends. They are running testing sites. They are deep cleaning nursing homes where there have been virus outbreaks. In Wisconsin, in the election that was held under very weird circumstances, they even had to serve as poll workers because the older people who normally serve as poll workers were too afraid to do that. Um, They have been delivering food to food banks. They've been delivering food to families who are in quarantine. Just so many different things. In Washington state, National Guard members make up a full third of the team working on contact tracing, which is investigating how the disease is spreading in the population. So they are really, really crucial to preventing this from getting any worse than it already is. Yeah, this work really seems essential. A lot of states say it is essential, but it's all being done under federal authorization from President Trump. And that authorization was set to expire on May 31st. But then Trump received a number of calls from lawmakers to extend that. What happens next? What does he do? Yes. So there were calls to extend it to the end of June. There were calls to extend it to the fall. And there were calls to extend it to the end of the year, given that this could really go on and the need could go on for a long time. Instead, the White House extended it just until June 24, which struck everyone as pretty weird, given that that's a Wednesday. And because um, the Guard members have to go into self-quarantine for the last two weeks of their deployment before they transition back into the community just to make sure they don't bring the disease back. So states are now set to lose their services in early June. Yeah, it's all a little weird, especially this June 24th date you mentioned, which is in the middle of the week, basically in the middle of the month, probably still in the middle of a pandemic. But you recently learned that this date has some major significance. What is it? So we don't have an answer from the administration on why this was chosen, but we did learn that June 24 is just one day before thousands of Guard members would have qualified for really important retirement benefits and education benefits. They need to serve for 90 days in one of these federal deployments to qualify, and that cutoff is going to come right at day 89, which is raising a lot of questions, as you can imagine. Yeah, I want to get into those questions, but first, I'm curious, how did you figure this out? I I know you can't reveal your sources, but what is reporting on something like this like? How'd you do it? So I can say that 
we have been obtaining recordings of these interagency phone calls that the Trump administration has been having where top officials from FEMA, the National Guard, HHS, all of these agencies involved in the coronavirus response are talking about what they're doing, how it's going, and looking ahead to the future. And these have been very revealing. And we reported before this piece on those recordings and noted how many times the officials speaking in private on this call were painting a very different picture than what the president is saying publicly. So you're listening to some of the most important people involved in the coronavirus response having conversations, conversations you'd assume you're not supposed to hear What's that like? It can be very revealing and it can take a lot of detective work um, because a lot of times officials on the call are only identified by a first name. And, you know, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people at these agencies and a lot of them have the same first name. And so uh, we've just been yeah, nailing down everything we can, everything we can possibly find out doing going through Capitol Hill and our state sources and our federal government sources to confirm everything we can to bring these reports out. So in this specific call you reported on about the National Guard deployment, You have one official identified on the call as Russ saying, quote, we would greatly benefit from unified messaging regarding the conclusion of their services prior to hitting the 90 day mark and the retirement benefit implications associated with it. I know the White House didn't respond to your requests to comment, but what more did we learn from this call about this June end date? So they described it as a hard stop, which even though the National Guard told me for the story that there is still the possibility it could be extended, the fact that they described it on the call as a hard stop, no other officials contradicted that description or raised the possibility of an extension on the call, really stuck out to me. So they're facing this hard stop on June 24th. What does this mean for the states relying on the National Guard and for the people who are deployed? Some will be able to transition to state active duty when the federal deployment expires, but states can't afford to keep everyone on that have been serving. This is tens of thousands of people, more than 40,000 around the country. And at a time, states are already struggling um, with reduced tax revenues and having to provide so many emergency services to to their citizens right now, um, it's going to be a real hardship. And so, you know, I talked to state officials who said candidly, look, you know, we want to keep the National Guard members on. We will do whatever we can, but we won't be able to afford to keep all of them on without the federal government support. And so not only will states lose some of those services that they're providing now in terms of testing, contact tracing, delivering food to food banks, et cetera, the National Guard members, as we already discussed, will not be able to qualify for those benefits until their next federal deployment. And there's no guarantee of when that would happen. And also, there, there's another issue with health insurance, the health insurance that National Guard members get when they're on these federal emergency deployments is a lot more robust than what they can get when they're on state active duty or when they're not deployed at all. So they're heading out doing essential work and then kind of just being left out to dry. Yes, they get called up for these deployments. They leave their regular jobs and they go do this very dangerous work. And 
in instances like this, they're sort of left hanging and they are sent back to their communities. Maybe their job, because of the economic crisis right now, doesn't exist anymore. So they won't be able to get that health insurance. So this is really a dilemma for tens of thousands of people around the country. And I think that's why it's hit a nerve. Well, yeah, I mean, your reporting's sparked a lot of attention on this. Criticism from Congress, uh, from veterans. Do you think we could see this change? So I think that, yes, they very well could change. There could be an extension. Uh, Congress could take action. So we're, we're monitoring developments on all fronts. Mm. What do you think this whole situation tells us about the White House's response to the pandemic and how this fits into broader trends from the Trump administration? So I think the trend that I see the connection with is just these little short-term spurts of plans instead of sort of looking ahead comprehensively. We're just always scrambling and playing catch up throughout this whole pandemic. So first we were so behind on testing. We've somewhat caught up there. Now we're behind on contact tracing and so many other things. We're scrambling on vaccine developments and drug developments. And this is just another area where there have been these little extensions instead of sort of a comprehensive plan. And that's why some lawmakers and state officials have either called for the federal deployment to be extended till the end of the year or some sort of memo or authorization saying that it should be extended as long as the federal emergency declaration exists, just to have that stability in place. All right, that is it for our show. I'm Jeremy Siegel in this week for Dan Diamond. Pulse Check is produced by Annie Reese and myself. Jenny Ament is our senior producer and Irene Noguchi is our executive producer. Subscribe to Politico Pulse Check wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow our coverage of the coronavirus pandemic in two newsletters, Politico Nightly and Politico Pulse. Sign up for those at politico.com newsletters. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you next week.